Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Pacers Pod. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to all. It's uh, 2024 is upon us. It's time just keeps on ticking into the future. Um, It's good, though. It's good. This morning, let's see, recording this on uh, Sunday, January 7th. We got a good... uh, Oh, maybe about an inch of snow this morning, and I was out for a nice run. I live out in the country, so uh, I touched I touched roads where I was the first person on them, and so that was pretty sweet with the snow. Um, so things are good. Things are good. The uh, hopefully everybody um, is feeling encouraged by the new year, and uh, wish everyone the best. Especially the Pacers players and coaches and, uh, you know, this team that we are, uh, we are watching this season. How am I feeling? It's, uh, last time I did a pod, the season was like 20% completed. Right now, if my math is correct, we're 43% through the season. So about halfway there. The Pacers are 20 and 15, recording this after the, uh, the, the home loss to Boston. Pacers are 20 and 15. They're right in the mix of things. You got the three teams out east with Milwaukee and Atlanta, or sorry, not Atlanta, but Milwaukee, Boston, 76ers. And um, the Pacers right now are in a, in a group of the Heat, the Knicks, the Cavs, the Magic, and the Pacers round out the top eight, and then there's a pretty good drop, and then you get into like the Brooklyn, um, yeah, Brooklyn to Atlanta, Toronto area. So the Pacers have kind of separated themselves as a top. I'd say the top eight in the East have you know probably like four or five games between eighth and ninth, and the Pacers are in the hunt. They could be as high as four, or they could be as low as eight, and they're, but they're right there. We're almost halfway through the season. Very similar to last season, I think, um, where we got off to a good start. You know, and obviously it's like, well, it's because we have Tyrese Halliburton. And Tyrese has just taken it to another level. Um, since I recorded last, we've had the in-season tournament, which was, which was, uh, you know, the in-season tournament, it slapped. Am I right? It slapped the, uh, <laughs> I'm, learning, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to use that word. I'm trying to use slapped and, uh, I don't know. You don't come across new words that, that often when you're my age. So it can be tricky to incorporate those in, but, um, I thought the in-season tournament was awesome. The pace, I mean, because the Pacers played so good and then beating, so they made it to the quarterfinals played Boston at home, beat Boston, which is obviously right now the number one team in, in, in the league record-wise. And, and a lot of people's probably, I would assume, the favorite to win the title right now. Um, beat Boston, then to beat Milwaukee in Vegas. Uh, that, that game, that was that felt so good. Uh, and then, you know, we obviously we lost to the Lakers, but it was fun, went up against LeBron. Get, went up against LeBron. LeBron got us again. Um, yeah. I, it's 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 been it's it, he Tyrese has just been insane. I mean, he start he, he start he got a lot of coverage during the in season tournament. Really put people on notice. 
And he's leading the league in assists, you know, at 12 and a half a game. Scoring's up to 24. The, sh- the efficiency's still right there. 50 from the field, 40 from three, 87 from free throw line. He's got a five to one assist to turnover ratio and he's leading the league in assists. It's like he is a, and his game is extraordinary right now. Um, he's so much fun to watch. It makes me thankful. I, I'm so happy that we got Tyrese, um, you know, and, and, and we're building with him and, uh, it just feels, it feels like we got a chance. I think, um, you know, my, uh, my hottest take right now on Halliburton would be, I think he is has answered the question of can he be the number one guy on a championship team well you know what and as i said that it's i actually don't fully believe that we need to win we need to win playoff series um he's got he's got to he's got a few more checkpoints but he's his potential is certainly there i mean he's he's doing goofy stuff out there um as far as just like he seems like he's setting franchise records and NBA records and tie like you know he's they're always th- throwing something up there about Tyrese he's number one fantasy point guard or shooting guard I'm not sure how they rank that but he's number one in one of the and and uh you know it's not just the numbers with Tyrese obviously it's I love the fact that Tyrese was you know um he's just his he's 23 years old and he's just got insane leadership already. The vibes have been good since day one that he got here. Um, and just like he's taken this as his team. And and an example would be like, I remember whenever the, after the Pacers beat or no, they got they got spanked by the Clippers, like 150 to 120 or something. We just looked bad. It was we after the in-season tournament, we went into a lull similarly to the way we did at the beginning of the season after the big Philadelphia 76ers win, which I do remember talking about uh, in the last episode. But they hit a lull, and then we hit a hot streak, and they they, they won six in a row. Last night, that streak went up, was uh, ended by Boston. Um, so it's been, a, it's been a season that we've had a – we went up, we went down, we went up, or I don't even know. You know, it's been up and down, but but we're we're still riding high. I'm still feeling great right now. Um, even after that Boston loss. It was we were in the game. I remember I think we were down by maybe two right there at the end of the third quarter. So it's like going into the fourth quarter, it was it was still pretty much anyone's game, but it never really felt like it always felt like Boston had had an answer. And it was obviously Jason Tatum was insane last night. I think he he hit eight threes and they were just like like that like they were contested some of those were were pretty heavily contested too he just tatum so like this is where if you're talking like mvp and and stuff and like if you're calling uh halliburton like an mvp mvp type player it's like he got um he got outmatched last night against like tatum outperformed halliburton and halliburton had a tough game by his standards i mean the, really, the thing about last night's game is just they, the three-point shooting was just way off. Um, so we weren't hitting any shots, but I liked the team's fight. I liked the team. I felt like we were, you know, I, I felt like we matched Boston's intensity, which is really, I think, what I 
value the most this season with this team is just like, are they are they trying? Is all five guys trying? Is the bench committed? Like, are, is the bench trying? You know, like I felt you just don't want to see a team that's that that has given up, even on a game like because every possession, you know, it's like this team is a hungry team, and they and and I feel like they don't get probably because the defense is so bad. You you would kind of think they're probably a soft team, but I don't feel like the Pacers are really that soft. I'm not, and I don't. I haven't heard anybody say that the Pacers are soft, but maybe that's just like what my judgment is. Um, I don't know. I, what, what I'm getting at is with Tyrese, it's it's been it's elevated what we can start to think about. Like we can we can honestly, this season has shown us that we can honestly think about him as being a number one on a team that can, can contend for a championship. And uh, I think of it like in uh, if you play if you play 2K, you're familiar with the ratings. I saw um, Tyrese, his rating went up to a 94, which is pretty elite. That's I would guess that's probably like a top 10 player. And so if you're building a, a team like even in, in 2K or something, it's like you got your guy. It's like, OK, check. We got we got one of those like guys that can win you a win you a series. Hopefully he hasn't done it yet, but hopefully can win you series. And, and and put you in a position to contend and hopefully get a championship. And I think I think Tyrese has shown that he he can do that. Um, yeah. So I think I just I just lost my train of thought. I felt like I had a point there. Um, anyways, I, another thing I noticed about Halliburton. Um, he's got, I, I think he's got a signature warm up now or a signature like pregame ritual. LeBron does the chalk. Um, you know, guys have like, like every, I feel like Steph Curry has a thing. A lot of guys have like a routine and this, I just started picking up on, I think I've seen it two or three times now. Halliburton will go over and just kind of hang on the net for a minute. Um, and who knows? Maybe that's his thing. Like you know, big playoff series. I can just see it. Game, game three of the, you know, the playoffs, and it's at home, and Halbert's hanging on the net before the game, and then that's what you. That's the poster. That's the. I, that's the signature moment. Our signature game warm up. I think he's gonna. I think he's got it down. We'll see if he sticks with it. I don't know. And maybe it's just coincidence. Uh, but I feel like that's the thing. Um, what else here? He just made an insane jump from from last season. Right now, you know, with the numbers that he's putting up, uh, the t- the way the team's playing, we're in the hunt. For, you know, we're we're right now. We're you know we're in position to to potentially even have as high of a we could get a four seed and and, and get a home court advantage in the playoffs. Like that would be insane. Um, you could do that. I like our chance. I mean, I, if if we could end up with the four seed and get matched up against, you know, I, I don't know if we're the favorite against. We're definitely not the favorite against Miami. Um, probably not the Knicks, but we just beat the Knicks. I like you know. I'd like to see us that it would be if we could get as high as a four or five, and not have to play um, Boston or Philly. 
I mean, we just we we dominated Milwaukee, but I don't know. I don't. I'd, I'd rather not mess with Milwaukee in the first round. If we get, well, I think there's a, definitely a, another break. Well, although Miami, maybe Miami and, and Milwaukee are pretty similar, but uh, if we could avoid those four teams in the first round, I like our chances. I I, I think I think it'd be a fun series. It'd be it it'd be a great, I think, an exclamation point on the season to to not only make the playoffs, but um, you know, compete and potentially win a first round series, that would be, that would be incredible. And uh, so Halliburton's the engine that's doing that. He is a stud. I, I think about guards in the league that, you know, I would, I would trade Halliburton for like the only one that I feel really good about saying, and I love Halliburton. I don't think I would honestly do this trade, but like SGA is, is really good with Oklahoma city thunder. I mean, he's young, super super good guard luca plays guard you know um but the thing is it's like that's the kind of class that tyrese has risen into and it's that honestly i think i think early on with tyrese i was hoping like okay he could be a number two on a contender like he can set the guys up but it's nope that was not a good enough that was not a high enough ceiling um so I love the way Tyrese plays, you know, every, everything is great. The joy, the swagginess, the, the chippiness. I like it. It's, he's having fun. It's basketball. Um, it was a home, home run trade to get Tyrese Halliburton here. So uh, real thankful, real thankful for Tyrese. The next guy I want to talk about is, uh, of course, Benedict Matherin. How am I feeling about Matherin right now? I'm feeling, I think the last podcast I did, I waved the caution flag. I think he had just been, he had been moved from starter to the bench. And I'd also talked about in the summer league was another time I thought, oh, I don't know. Um, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm letting off on the caution flag. I'm staying patient uh, with, with, with Halliburton. I'm trusting in his work ethic and his commitment to being a great player and the coaching staff. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm staying patient with Matherin. I'm excited to see how he finishes out this season. I feel like his play of late has been pretty good. And it's obviously there's, I mean, there's still more to be desired with Matherin. Um, but there's, there's been a lot to like, and it's, it's like, it's not the season that I was penciling in. I was penciling in Matherin as a starter, Matherin you know, potentially leading this team in scoring. I thought I thought the best case for this team ceiling-wise would be if, if Matherin took a jump into being, like, our dominant scorer and Halliburton, you know, doing his scoring too, but, you know, focused on setting everybody else up and stuff. But that hasn't been the case. He got, he got removed from the starting lineup. The points are down, but the efficiency is up. And he is definitely showing slight improvement sometimes he's shown flashes of being really really good like he's had big rebounding nights big scoring nights um but the efficiency is up even though the production and the, and the attempts are down so he's if you look at i just checked before this pod you know he's at 46 percent from the field 37 from three and 83 from the free throw line last year he was 43 so three points better in field goal percentage, 
He's five points better in three-point percentage and one point in free throw. So if you told me that Matherin was going to take a five-point jump in three-point percentage, that would be a big, like, that would be a big check. Yes, please, let's do that. Um, he's a sixth man. And, I, and it's like it finally clicked for me watching that Boston game because they put him in with seven minutes left in the first quarter. It was kind of like the Pacers' offense was not really hitting it. Um, and I'm not sure if Neesmith, he came in for Neesmith. I don't know if he had picked up a second foul or not. Um, but regardless, Matherin's been getting put in the game, you know, pretty early. He's given a great chance. He's our sixth man. That's what his role is on the team. And uh, it seems like Buddy Heald's a sixth man, but it's like, I don't think Buddy Heald is our sixth man. He's, um, to me, he feels like he's fallen down behind Matherin. Um, but that's really here nor there. Basically, Matherin being the sixth man, I like it. In the 23 games since he's been moved to the bench, I just was curious, you know, what's he been doing in those in that time span? The efficiency is even better. He's at 50% from the field, 40% from three, 85% from the free throw line. Grant, this is over a 23-game stretch. Um, and another thing that stands out with Matherin is just he doesn't miss games. I, I think he maybe missed one or two last year as a rookie. He hasn't missed a game yet this season. Really, we've had uh, pretty. We've had good health so far this this season, and that's been great. Um, Andrew Nimhard, unfortunately, is, you know he's been get he's been banged up quite a bit, and Bruce Brown of late, and Jalen Smith missed some time. But for the majority of the season, you know we've been pretty much pretty much healthy, and and uh, and that's been good. And I think with you know, Matherin coming off the bench, being your sixth man, he's averaging 25 minutes per game, uh, 15 points, three and a half rebounds, about two assists a night on that pretty on that super efficient from the field. It's like that's I mean, it's not a super big sample, 23 games, but um, that's a lot. That's a lot of minutes. And that's what he's doing coming off the bench. And I was curious, you know, where does that rank amongst other bench players? And he's a top 10 Top 10 guy. The leader is uh, Bogdanovich for the Hawks and Hardaway with the the Mavs. Those guys are at like 17. Matherin's at 15 coming off the bench. Um, in the company of Malik Monk, Isaiah Quickly, Austin Reeves. So, I don't know. I, I Obviously, uh, I want more for Matherin than to be in that company of player. Um, but... That's not a bad place to be year two. And so I think it's just adjusting expectations for Matherin. Um, oh, we fi I, I finally, I, to me, it stood out. Um, got, we got a Halliburton-Matherin moment. The game against Detroit, which was the first game after the loss to the Lakers in the championship of the uh, in-season tournament, the game against Detroit. Matherin has a great game. It, ends up, it was a pretty close game. Um, which you would, you know, uh, hope to be handling Detroit better than that. But regardless, Mather ended that game with eight assists. And there was a play where he whipped the ball left-handed. He was out in, out by the, uh, the three-point line, whipped it left-handed into the paint. I think it was maybe Ajax or something. Um, and Detroit had to call a timeout. And I, th I think Halliburton was coming off the – I think he was on the bench. 
regardless, they were they were embracing, and um, <laughs> I did not tell that story very well. Um, the, it was there. It was hyped. Halliburton and, and Matherin were just like totally. Um, they were pumped. They 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 were they were vibing, and it was something that you just don't really see that often with uh, with Matherin and and other teammates, and and especially Halliburton. And and that's one thing that I've always said is I that's what I want to see. That's really what I want to see more and more of. Um, and I think Ben's play. It feels like he is either like okay or really good. He and I think that's where the consistency could improve is on on a more nightly basis making um you know starter level impact on the game and uh he's he's definitely shown flashes of it though and so i i i'm encouraged with matherin but i'm still you know we'll see he he's showing flashes um i think if we recalibrate and just say okay right now year two at what is he 21 he's a he's a six-man scorer Kind of like a, a Malik Monk or an Isaiah Quickly, Karis Levert. He can get you points. Doesn't do a ton of other things, but not terrible at but not terrible at things. Um, I think you take that. Another thing about Matherin, I was interested in the Pacers signed James Johnson again on December fifteenth. They brought him in for the for the season, and when Benedict Matherin did his exit interview last year, I remember him saying. He, it was something along the lines of like get like fitting in with the team like he wanted to improve on that and he mentioned that James Johnson James Johnson was probably like the closest guy on the team to him because James Johnson kind of told him a lot of things of like what to expect and I think he just I, th- I I don't know I think he got along well with James Johnson and so I'm just curious um you know, and I know James Johnson has a positive impact on a lot of guys on the team, not just Matherin, but just specifically, you know, if that does anything for Matherin, his play of late has been nice. I feel like he's he's more he's he's um, more consistently being tough out there on the court and and really really giving it his all. And 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 I feel like the some because some to some of the things that I think he. I guess that just stand out to me when I'm watching him is there, at times it's it's it feels ball stopping with the way that the Pacers play. We're just always kind of zinging that ball around or, or driving. And Matherin likes he likes to catch that ball and go one on one. And it's like there's time and place for that. And I, I like it. Uh, but. I think if he could, you know, choose the spots a little bit better, it, it would be. Uh, I guess I don't know. Maybe it, it is. It's just like he feels like a ball stopper, and that feels like overall that's not what's best for the team. Even though it's even though I like seeing Mather go one on one, it's probably best if he's swinging that ball around too. And and also I think if he could be a little bit more aggressive when he does get the ball quicker, like I'd like to see him develop into you know being able to catch that ball and you know get some more space. Like the way Tyrese can Tyrese can create space out, you know, when he's trying to get the three point shot off. If Matherin could develop a little bit more of that right now, he's really good at just like a pull up. Um, I don't know. I just like to see him get the way that Buddy Heel gets those wide open threes. Like if Matherin could figure out a way to kind of 
get that as well and, and, and knock down uh, like those spot up shots. Um, and I still think he has, but this is what I feel like he's getting better at is just lackadaisical effort out there sometimes where he'll just, you know, all of a sudden it feels like um, he probably missed a defensive assignment or doesn't box out, um, doesn't go after a loose ball, those types of things. It's like he can just keep cleaning that up. Um, I like that. Um, but the other thing, too, is I, I I have always wondered about his chemistry with the team. And I think it feels it feels good right now. Uh, but just something to, to kind of keep an eye on. It, that's something that I'm always watching. I'm always... It's like I always feel like I'm I'm wanting Ben to be more involved with the other guys, but I don't know. Maybe that doesn't really matter. Um, but to, I mean, to counterbalance some of those negative things I just said about you know watching Mather in this year, it's like he has certainly shown flashes of greatness. And what makes him so exciting as a young player is his ability to finish around the basket, get to the hoop, um, draw contact, get to the free throw line. His three-point shooting, you know, I think I, I think he said he's like 37% right now. As a second-year player, you, you know, you think, okay, I mean, he might end up being, like, you can live with 37, uh, but he's probably still got more room to grow on that. And just his all-around games, he's put up big rebounding numbers, big assist numbers, um, big minutes, some nights. Some nights he looks like the no, he doesn't look like the best player. Tyrese always, you don't get to say that about Mather, but he he looks like the second best player some nights uh, when, when, when he's on. And the thing that he's shown too is he's got, he's, he's showing his grit. Like I loved in the, like the Milwaukee series was getting, it's not a series, the Milwaukee games, they, we've played Milwaukee five times. Um, and they, they started getting chippy at the end and, how, I mean, Matherin, you know, g- giving it to Damian Lillard, I thought was, um, I thought it was, it was encouraging. It's just like, this guy doesn't care um, who you are, if, you know, and the Pacers were winning and he's just letting them know, like, hey, we're here. Um, and, and that's what you, that's what you want. And I think that that is, I feel like that's a great personality to, to counterbalance Tyrese, but Tyrese is also, it's not like that's that's no that's not a slant on Tyrese's toughness or or chippiness because he he definitely has it too. That's what I like about this team. They play they play we and I think they were saying this at the beginning of the season like they wanted to play we got to play harder than every team. And like that was how they were going to judge success. Um and so I think we're getting more like I feel like Matherin's given us a little bit more I, I certainly I certainly hope that there's more to give. Um, but if he doesn't get any better than he is right now, and he's in, he's in the, he's in the conversation with guys like Malik Monk and Isaiah quickly, it's like, okay, that's, that's not what you want. It doesn't feel like, it feels like an okay draft pick. Um, we're hoping that it was a super, super, uh, you know, a great draft pick, um, my goal for Matherin the rest of the season is, and I don't even necessarily know if this is best for the team, but just like I would love to see this from Matherin, is is to play himself back into the starting lineup, and 
to see him and Halliburton play together uh, the way that Halliburton plays with Buddy or the way that Halliburton uh, currently is playing with like Bruce Brown or Nimhard. Um, I think that's what I want. I want to see Matherin. Matherin kind of have to be put back out there. Um, and uh, it's it's nice because he does close games sometimes. Maybe, actually, I, I don't know. Very rarely. I feel like more times than not, he's not closing the games. But uh, that's what I'd like to see him do is, is just um, make it so we got to put you back in there. And unless his role and he's cool with the role of just being a six man and, and seeing how that goes, like that's, that's okay too. Um, but the short of it is I just want to see Matherin continue to improve this season. And we still got a long season to go of year two. Like he can, he can do it. Um, okay. Next guy that I want to talk about is Aaron Neesmith. I, I've, I've, I've really enjoyed Aaron Neesmith this season as, as many Pacer fans have. Um, he played himself into the starting lineup. Him and Jalen Smith got inserted in 29 games into the season, and the Pacers won the first six games where Neesmith has started, and then we were competitive in the seventh game against Boston, where Neesmith actually, um, he did what he does, but he um, not we didn't get the best Neesmith game at all. I, I don't think he hit a shot uh, from three, and I think he was might have even been in foul trouble a little bit, but... Um, but forgetting about that, that just that one game against Boston, Neesmith has just been awesome. He's, he's made that contract extension look so good. I remember at the time the Pacers, uh, they paced, signed him to a, a three-year, $33 million contract. Um, and I was like, okay, I'm happy with that. But I hadn't, I didn't believe in Aaron Neesmith the way that I do today. And it makes you, it, you, it, it tickles that part of your brain that wants to just, Think think about the best case scenario. I, like I, I think if you ask me right now, I would still say Aaron Neesmith is is best as your sixth, seventh man, somebody that's going to play big minutes in the regular season, somebody that's going to play in the playoffs. Um, but there's a ceiling for Aaron Neesmith where he's a starter on a contender team, and I think he could maybe be your three, and. Maybe you got Mather. Like if, if Matherin could just figure out a way to play with those starters and be impactful. Um, and you got Tyrese, Ben, Neesmith. And now you're looking at, I don't know. I just feel like Neesmith is, is uh, he's making that contract look genius. So kudos to the front office for recognizing it in Neesmith. I mean, his toughness that he brings the energy, um, the three-point shooting. He's still young. He's six foot five, 24 years old. I mean, like, Neesmith is a guy that you can be excited about. It's starting to click for him. He's getting consistent run. I have a hard time seeing him lose that starting lineup position. Um, unless the shot just tanks, you know, um, that, that would be bad if the shot tanks. Um, but right now, the, the shot is hot. He's shooting 45% on the year from three-point line. 45%. It's incredible. Um, that's what you would hope to see from Buddy Heald. Um, so kudos to the Pacers. I think you look at this team, hoping to contend for a championship in, say, three years. Like, seriously contend in three. That'd be Tyrese at 26, 27. 
<clears throat> Neesmith, Smith as a 27 year old sounds like a nice a nice uh a person to have on your squad. I, I have a I think he's going to be around for the long haul. Um I hope that Benedict Matherin is the next guy, I mean really the second guy um that you want to have around. Um but just the fact that Aaron Neesmith has has done this has been incredible and it's been one of the one of the best things about this season so far has been Aaron Neesmith's play. TJ McConnell, you know, I've loved TJ McConnell. I think that he's a guy that you just don't get rid of. Even, I mean, I don't want to see the Pacers trade away McConnell for a couple second round picks unless he wants out. But I don't think he wants out because, the, I mean, Nimhard's missed a ton of games. McConnell's getting a lot of run. Um, he's having, we're getting a lot of McConnell moments lately. And uh, it's been super nice. I think that, honestly, what is McConnell, like 31? I mean... Does, is he how how much of the player he is right now is he when he's thirty four? You know, I don't know. Athletically, he 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 is kind of a. You definitely want to think of him as being athletic, but I mean, he's shifty and quick, and that's one of those things where it's like it helps to be, you know. But he's also super smart um, about the game and stuff. So I think he could probably hang on. I don't know. I just I like McConnell this year and he's partially guaranteed next year like let's see what happens but I, I mean why not bring him back again next year um just as 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 backup point guard insurance is it, it's he, he's super good and, and just the way what he does obviously the intangibles and just the energy that he brings to the chemistry of the team um okay so mcconnell i i i'm uh i'm loving mcconnell this season even though it's been a little less McConnell, I'm still loving what he's doing. Isaiah Jackson, I really like the way he's been playing lately. Uh, I noticed it in the game against the Rockets. I think Turner got in foul trouble. And Isaiah was out there with Tyrese for a while and I, at the five. And I just thought, man, this team looks so fast with Isaiah Jackson as your five. Because Isaiah runs the floor hard. Tyrese wants to run the floor hard. I'm thinking now Turner's obviously a better player than than Isaiah Jackson, but I liked what I saw out there and and it got it got me thinking again, you know. Isaiah is 21 years old. He's almost 22. His athletic gifts are unique. They just jump out at you. He's 22 years old. He brings toughness. I mean, I feel like he's he's definitely gotten better in some of his biggest weaknesses, which was like fouling. Obviously, he he does still get fouls, um, but it doesn't it doesn't stand out as much as it used to. It doesn't feel like it's as detrimental to the team. So I think he's doing it less. His field goal percentage is way up this season. He's staying in his lane. He's not shooting threes. He's um, not that I'm necessarily against Isaiah Jackson shooting threes. I mean, if he's going to be a <laughs> If, like if his ceiling was to be, you know, like an all-star type player, then he would need to shoot threes, you would think. But I, I thought of a comp that I wanted to share. What about Nick's, Nick Claxton as a as a ceiling for Isaiah Jackson? Um, so Nick Claxton is a, is a six foot eleven, two hundred fifteen pound um, center for the Brooklyn Nets, and 
he's young. I think he's like 24, but I was, and, and, and he's a guy that's going to get you, he's going to get alley-oop threat, Isaiah, Jack, Isaiah Jackson, check. Um, same thing with Nick Claxton. Blocking shots, Isaiah Jackson, check. That's one of Nick Claxton's strengths. Um, Double-double type guy, so the rebounding, you know, at 10. I think Isaiah Jackson could average 10 rebounds a game if, if he had it, if he was in a full-time role the way that like Nick Claxton did. And so Claxton's doing that this year. I was looking back when he was 22, he was about the same as Isaiah Jackson. He was getting like 20 minutes a night with Brooklyn and averaging like seven points, five rebounds, a block and a half, something like that. I mean, very, very similar stats. Physically, they're very, very similar players. Isaiah Jackson's, you know, listed as an inch shorter and right now nine pounds less, but, you know, give him two more years to put on muscle. And Nick Claxton is a nice center. And I think that seems like a really interesting pairing with Tyrese Halliburton and the style that this team wants to play. It's like, I think Isaiah, I, he could do it. Um, I was, I was, I mean, back to that Rockets game, I remember, he, I think he shot five of five from the free throw line, but I remember him shooting those free throws and I just saw something in his face that kind of clicked for me where I just thought like, he seems locked in. He seems locked in right now. Like he, it was, the, that Rockets game was a competitive game and he was playing meaningful minutes and doing well. And he was locked in at the free throw line. The shot looks fine. Like, he could, if he could be a good free throw shooter, like, you know, just not a, a not a sixty percent free throw shooter, but but get it up to like seventy five or so, and then really high field goal percentage because all you're really doing is catching lobs and just little little mismatches maybe down in the paint, blocking shots, getting rebounds, hustling, making it so the other like making like unleashing our offense's speed because you're running the court so hard. Um. I think that's a very interesting comp for for uh, Isaiah Jackson, and for that reason, um, as good like so, I, if we had to pick between Isaiah Jackson and Jalen Smith, I would choose Isaiah Jackson right now because I still like the upside of Isaiah Jackson, whereas with Jalen Smith, there's definitely still some upside. He's actually, it's hard, It's really hard because you could make a case that Jalen Smith could be a really, you know, maybe Jalen Smith could, could be a starter um, on a content, contending type team. I mean, he's, he really, he's been knocking down that three-point shot. That means so much. If, if he's hitting that three-point shot consistently with his size, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't even want to, I don't, I guess, I, I just feel like, I would probably still stick with Isaiah Jackson over, over Jalen Smith if we had to choose one, and also like what what do you like what's that next contract worth? Because maybe maybe uh, Jalen Smith wants to go out and get a bigger contract this year. It's like I'd be willing to keep Jalen Smith if we can get him for like slightly less than what we're paying Aaron Neesmith, or maybe even if what we're paying Neesmith, depending on what the market is out there for him. But like because Aaron Neesmith has more value on this team than Jalen Smith does right now to me um Jalen he's got that he's got a temper on him man he 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 loses his cool quite often um in games um which is odd because he seems such like he he kind of seems quiet but man 
he he uh he loses it sometimes but um he got himself into the starting lineup isaiah smith or isaiah smith jalen smith did and the pacers started out six and zero with him in there um but he's been struggling to shoot the three-point shot i was i looked since he got moved into the starting lineup he's five of 18 from the three-point line and um he has hit one each game but at the same time Five of eighteen is not going to cut it, so we need to we need to see that shot come back for for Jalen Smith to seem like a let's keep him there, keep him there as a starter. Um, I feel good right now about Miles. Uh, I feel good about Bruce Brown. I feel good about Andrew Nimhard. Um, I also really feel good about Obi Toppin in his new role. He's another guy. Maybe. I mean, I like Obi Toppin in the regular season with this team, and. Maybe, maybe, like, I, yeah, I don't think he's going to be a starter, but now he's not a starter, and he, you're not counting on Obi necessarily to win you the game, but he can come in some nights and, and really do some, some nice things against second units. And if he's willing to sign a contract for, you know, less than Aaron Neesmith's making, it's hard to find guys that are 6'9 that can play basketball the way that Obi Toppin does. Um, you know, offensively, and and he's shown signs of rebounding the ball a lot better and buying into this culture. Um, especially, I mean, I like Obi Toppin. I, I like him in his new role. I feel good about it. Um, you know, Miles has been he's been doing a lot of Miles things. Um, Bruce is probably. I actually don't really feel that good about Bruce, but at the same time. Um, I do because I think that he's he's good for our team this year. And but I wouldn't be upset if if he gets involved in a trade at some point. To me, I don't I don't feel the I haven't felt like oh this is a guy that I want to see on this team three years from now. But that could definitely change. Um, and I wouldn't be opposed to that. He's a nice player. Uh, Nimhard shown flashes this year, but you know he has been on and off the court, and it feels like he's just kind of getting shuffled around. A lot, but at the same time, kind of similarly to the way that Matherin, it you know, if the the uh, the production is down from the rookie season, but well, I assume so. I, I didn't look at at Nimhart's, but feels like he's not he's not playing as much of a role as not making as much of an impact on the team um, as he did last year. But he's been nice when he when he's been in there, buddy. I'm not sure uh, right now how I feel about Buddy. I like him. Um, but I don't want to pay, this will be the third guy in a row. I don't want to pay Buddy more than I'm paying Neesmith. And, uh, but if Buddy wants to join for, you know, around that and be part of this and play the role that he's playing right now as maybe a heat check guy, um, I'm good with that probably. As long, I mean, I, I, you know, it, I want the Pacers to do what's best for the team, but like Buddy at that rate, I'm good with, but I don't want to pay Buddy 18 million a year. Um, that's just, that's just kind of where I'm at with it right now. Now he could catch fire and, and his value to me could go up, but like it really, it really shows when, when the shots, when the shots not falling for Buddy, you just, you feel like you'd, you'd rather see some other guys out there. Um, so I'm just, but I'm not sure with buddy, honestly, that that's, that's, that's the gist of it. it. We're about halfway through the season. It has not been a fun buddy healed season for me. 
Um, I've liked uh, some other players. I like the James Johnson signing um, just for the, honestly, just for what I said earlier with like Matherin, if, if those guys are tight and that, and that, and he's good for the locker room, I'm good with it. I'm cool with Ben Shepard. Ben Shepard, you know, he's been going down to the G League, getting tossed in blowout games. Um, he's cool. I'm sad about Jairus Walker. I'm sad about the, that there's no playing time for Jairus Walker. Um, that's probably, to me, the worst thing about this season is not is not seeing Jairus Walker play minutes that matter with, with the guys that matter. Um, I don't know if, if they, if the Pacers were to use him in a trade, I would be, I would be fine with that because it's like, I've never, I haven't been able to, to fall in love with Jairus Walker yet because I haven't seen what he can do. So, although it's like, you know, if he, if he became awesome at another team, it would hurt because I feel like just if you're looking at Jairus Walker's blueprint, I mean, he's 19 years old, six foot eight, you know, great size, like strength. He can shoot the ball for sure. It's streaky right now, but he he can. He can pass the ball. He can rebound. He can steal and block. Like, I, I don't know. I would just like to see this guy out there and, and see what we have. I, um, would he really be that detrimental? But then it's like, who are you taking out? And that's, a, and I don't know the answer to that question. Um, but I would certainly, it, it, so it's like, here's the thing. If the Pacers are using Jairus Walker, if maybe his value stays high, be, not being seen almost, I don't know if that would, why that would help his value, but I don't know. I just either want to see him or let's get traded. I don't want him at the, at this, at this year, you know, if, if, if we can get a good guy, like if we could get Pascal Siakam, for Jairus Walker and a first round pick or something like that in that range. Plus you'd have to, you'd have to match the salaries, but I would try that. Um, if, if Jairus is, if Jairus can get us a proven guy that helps this team immediately um, and raises the ceiling of the team, let's do it. Um, but at the same time, like, I don't know. The Pacers are just at a, they're at a really interesting spot right now as far as what to do with the roster. What is the best what is the best player to put around Tyrese Halliburton? But at the same time, you have to deal with like what's out there right now, who is actually available. Um So it's like I I do I I would not be upset if they made a move to get somebody now to 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 make a push for the playoffs and, and, and raise the ceiling of this team. Like if they go get Siakam, it's like, okay, I, if, if it costs us Jairus Walker and we got Siakam and we got to try him out, he's 29. I, I don't love the Siakam fit. I wouldn't want to give up the farm for Siakam. Even if he guaranteed he wanted to sign with us. I just think the three point shooting on for Siakam is, is, is leaves a lot to be desired. I don't think he's going to help our like fit in with like our spacing but at the same time, he's six foot eight. He can get you twenty two a night. Um, he plays a position of where it's like, okay, we could definitely use that that type of size and that power forward type position. Throwing him, Neesmith, Halliburton, Miles, like it'd be nice. It would, it would, it would raise our ceiling. Um, 
But if you're just thinking about blank slate, who would you throw next to Tyrese Halliburton? To me, what jumps out would be somebody with some size. Somebody with size. Halliburton's a big guard, height-wise. Strength-wise, no. Um, but just a big guy, like a 6'7 to 6'11 type player, or even like a seven-footer that was that could move the way that like Chet can move or um, you know, maybe even like Porzingis or something. But someone with size and someone that fits the timeline with Halliburton 23 to 27. Um, I don't know. I was thinking like, who is that player? And the one guy that kind of came to my mind first prototype would be like Jabari Smith. Someone who's like 6'10", 6'11", power forward, stretch the floor, play great defense. I think offensively, you know, he's a lights out shooter in like best case scenario. But I don't, I don't know. I, I think, um, but you're always going to have to wonder like who's out there? Who could you get? But Lowry Markinen is a name that I would be interested in. Like I've heard reports that he's not, he's not, he's probably won't be available, but like, He'd be somebody that I would give up a lot more for than for Pascal Siakam. Like I'd give up two or three first round picks, Jairus Walker, um, you know, salary that matches, but he's expiring or, or whatever. Cause marketing is on a great salary for this year and next year. He, he's an elite shooter. He's got size, could play power forward. I like I, I would like that marketing fit with Halliburton, um, but I don't know I I don't it, it's like impossible to try to figure out like what what you would do because you just don't know what what other teams would do and the team's playing well so it's like do we really need to mix it up too much I think there's certain I, I think it's like let's not forget about the 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 underlying plan like the projection of the next three to five years that we set like last year, if they did, or, you know what I mean? Like, and I feel like not playing Jairus Walker is kind of a, it's like, what are we doing? Like we, we missed like that. He was our like, okay, we got Ben Matherin with a really good draft pick. Then we had it the next year. We got a really good draft pick and we got Jairus Walker. Seems like he fits a position of need and he's just not getting any run. And it's like, why not? But like this year, why not? Like, but we're in the playoffs right now. So it's like, okay, maybe, I don't know what goes on in practice. Um, or like, you know, I don't know. And maybe Jairus hasn't, he has obviously hasn't earned that, those minutes yet, but it is disappointing to, to not have some clarity as to like what you could expect from Jairus Walker as your seventh pick in the draft. Um, I don't know. It just it just seems tough. There's there's guys that I like out there. I wonder about like these are just ideas, but like Josh Giddy from the Thunder, if they make a move, maybe the Pacers could get involved and somehow get Giddy over to Indiana. Just his playmaking ability and size. I know he's not a great three point shooter, but he's young and he's young and maybe he could develop that a little bit more. Um, he to me would be a pretty fun fit next to Halliburton if you could get him for a reasonable. You know, I don't want to trade the farm for Giddy. Um, Jabari Smith Jr., I think, I, he, you know, he's probably untouchable for Houston, but he's a guy that I'd love to see on this team. Tari Eason's another guy 
that I would love to see on the Pacers. Um, I'd like to see the organization just, you know, be active, call every team, see what you can get, see how you can improve this team, you know, for this year without sacrificing everything, unless there's a move where you, you feel like, okay, we can get a guy like Lowry Markinen or, you know, whatever, whoever you name the player. If we can get a guy that that's worth it, then yeah, do it. I don't care if it happens this year or not. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I just, I just, I don't want to see us. I don't think we know quite enough about our team yet. We don't know about what, what, what can we like reasonably expect from Matherin? What can we reasonably expect from, I mean, Neesmith is showing us what he can do. We know what Turner is. Um, I don't know. Ijax, Jalen Smith, those types of guys like Nimhard, what, like, what do we have here? And before we go and we make our move to, to, you know, finish the puzzle. Um, yeah, basically my goals for the rest of the season are for the team to be a top six team to beat out, you know, they're right now they're with Orlando, Miami, Cleveland, New York. You got to beat two of those teams out and now you're a six, six seed and you don't have to play, um, in the play-in tournament. I want to see Halliburton be injury-free all season long, get all NBA, um, lead the league in assists win a playoff series. I want to see, is Matherin a guy for us? Is is he, does he keep, does he keep showing more and more of what his, his ceiling could be for us? And, and we feel great about Matherin at the end of the season. Um, and then lastly, I would like to see them shake the roster up just a bit, um, you know, without sacrificing the farm. So that's it. It's been uh, it's been a really fun season. I'm really enjoying watching this team. Hopefully, you guys are too. Um, shout out to an old friend, Stephen. I was watching the game against the Celtics, and I uh, was walking by my TV, taking my dishes into the kitchen, and uh, I saw somebody that I looked familiar catching a Kroger gift card off a parachute. I thought, oh, nice. That I think that was Stephen. Paused it. Told my wife, I was like, rewind. Paused it. There he was, snapped his picture, sent it to him, and he's a listener of the Pacer Pod. That's amazing. So, what's up, Steven? And that is all. Okay. Kudos to the Pacers for putting themselves in a great position this far into the season. We got Boston tomorrow night. That would be a great win. Um, we'll just strap in and see what we got. Carry on.